Hey there, everyone. Welcome to the fifth episode of the Laxlow Podcast with me, your host, O'Brien Daly. And before we start, I just want to address my voice. Um, it may sound a bit off. Uh, the last episode, it sounded off as well. I think even more so this one. So if you think I sound a little off, that's why. Um, you know, I'm just working through it. Not sure really what it is. Maybe it's a slight cold, maybe not. I don't believe it, but you know, you gotta do what you gotta do, like I said last time, and keep on pushing. And with that, we go into our first topic. I mentioned it on the last episode, what it was gonna be, and it is us looking at the best college men's lacrosse teams of all time. Now, I thought about doing this a few different ways. It's One was, you know, just look at programs with some of the best history and we could you know talk about that briefly obviously with that you know you got you mentioned duke you mentioned syracuse you mentioned denver you mentioned maryland you mentioned john hopkins you know all that but that doesn't seem as in-depth as i would like it to be so i thought we would more so look at the college lacrosse's top dynasties of all time of course some people have their own ideas on what makes a great dynasty and obviously people have their own ideas of what a dynasty is when it comes to sports obviously with college sports dynasties are a little bit on the shorter side compared to uh, professional so obviously dynasties don't last as long some do however so it will be interesting to think about now first off uh, I guess I'm bringing this dynasty up since it's one of the first ones I think of um, being a New York kid, uh, obviously Syracuse lacrosse is a pretty big part of this state, you know, upstate New York at least. And one Syracuse dynasty you have to look at was Syracuse from 90, 1987 to 1990. And those years are pretty synonymous with um, college lacrosse, mainly for two main guys on that team, a Mr. Paul and Gary Gate. Of course, there were other people on that team that did great, such as Tom Merchak, and it was just an overall greatly well-rounded team. It had the right amount of flash with the way they played, and of course, they had great consistency with how they played as well. As for championships, this team won three uh, in 1988, 1989, and 1990. Now, for those who don't know, uh, that 1990 championship actually was uh, vacated by the NCAA and it was vacated because uh, the NCAA found rule infractions after they found out that Nancy Simmons the wife of coach Roy Simmons Jr. had uh, co-signed a loan for uh, Paul Gate at uh, in the 1990 season which is obviously a big no-no to them so of course some people think that uh, Dynasty is tarnished because of that, the vacated championship. But I have to disagree with it, uh, with that, like, with that thinking, because they still won it. Like, it's not like they were using steroids or anything like that. They they still put the work, blood, sweat, and tears, and you know, playing their butts off that season, and they still won it. Was it a mistake? Yeah, it shouldn't have happened. You know, it it's something you got, you maybe could have done. Differently, obviously, it's something you should have thought about before you maybe did it. But, you know, I'm not one to judge. I do have some problems with the NCAA myself, so I won't get into that right now. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I still think that's definitely one of the best dynasties that's ever played college lacrosse, men's lacrosse. 
The second team I thought we could take a look at was John Hopkins from 1978 to 1990. This was a team that almost uh, won four straight national championships, but they lost in the 1981 season to North Carolina. So that's just a, a great amount of consistency. Same with like the Syracuse team. And in 79, they had the perfect season, 13-0. and And in those years, they went 40-2 and overall, which is really insane. For players on that team, you had people like Jeff Cook, Dave Huntley, and uh, Mike Federico at uh, goalie. And they were just all machines. I know Jeff Cook uh, ranks in the top 10 for uh, goals in John Hopkins history. I'm not sure exactly how many. I know that it's more than 110, though. I'm not exact on that number. The third team to look at on this um, list, I would say, is uh, the Duke lacrosse team from 2010 to 2014. And now, this one, some people may disagree with me on because some believe probably it started even earlier than 2010. Um, and in well, for one, in 2010, the Blue Devils won uh, the national championship, and they also won it again in 2013 and 2014. So the team had made the Final Four um, the past few seasons before that 2010 season. They had made it uh, in 2008, 2009, 2011, and 2012 in like the actual championship years. They were just being playing dominant for a good few years, <laughs> I'd say. Of course, one player that comes to mind during that um, dynasty, really the last two years of it, 2013-2014, uh, was of course the great Miles Jones, who is obviously one of the best to ever play college and professionally. So it kind that just gives you an idea why this team was so dominant. The next dynasty is a bit of a peculiar one, I'd say. Um, it's definitely the one that's the oldest, and it's... Navy back from 1960 to 1967, and the re and this one is so old to the point that this was before uh, this was pre uh, NCAA when they were dominant before like before the it was like a recognized NCAA sport like and they had an actual NCAA tournament and championship, and so it was run by the USILA, which is the um, United States Intercollegiate Lacrosse Association. And if you won the championship before, uh, 1971 is when they had the first uh, NCAA championship for lacrosse. So before then, though, if you won, you uh, received the Wingate Memorial Trophy. And that Navy team from 60, 1960 to 67 won a total of six times, just plain outright, the USILA title outright. Uh, they did it in 1960, 1962, 1963, uh, 64, 65, and 66. Now, they shared it with Army in 61 and Maryland and John Hopkins in 67. And probably the most notable player for this Navy squad was a man named Jimmy Lewis. And he played from 64 to 66. And he actually is considered one of the greatest lacrosse, college lacrosse players of all time and was just absolutely dominant. Another player of no, nobili, uh, nobili, lacrosse nobility on that squad was Donald McLaughlin. He played uh, till 1963, and and most of you, if you do, if you pay attention to when awards get handed out, uh, the Lieutenant Donald McLaughlin Jr. Award is given to the best midfielder in the nation, and that award is of course named after him. 
which of course always shows just how great of a player you were in your time. Now this next and uh, final dynasty is actually the longest one we have looked at. Um, and it's one that's a little close to home to me, uh, figuratively and literally. <laughs> and it's a look at the Hobart Statesman team, specifically from the beginning of the 80s to uh, the early 90s. Now this is a uh, one of the o this is the only uh, dynasty I'm looking at really that was a uh, D3 when they when this dynasty was going on because uh, Hobart is of course now D1. But from 1980 to 1991. The team won 12 Division Three national titles, which is really just I I don't really want to use the word incredible again, but what do you what do you say to that? 12 national titles. It's just simply put insane. Now that team did actually win the championship again in '93, and before that they made the Final Four in '92, and then they made the championship game again in. 1994 so it seemed for the longest time that no one could touch this team and this dynasty like the level of dominance will you'll never see it happen again the 12 national championships in that span of time i mean come on granted some might not you know like it as much because it's a d3 dynasty but you know it's still incredible and obviously, I've gone to a couple of Hobart lacrosse games, so that this one was interesting to talk about. As for one person I mentioned with this team that really truly that helped gained its dominance was head coach Dave Urich during his time there. And to some lacrosse players at Hobart to this day, he's seen as this, I don't know if mythic figure is the right w word, but he is definitely always loved and well-known. And just a brief little tidbit, the reason I say uh, Hobart was a bit of close to home figuratively and literally is because Hobart College is um, in Geneva, New York, which is only like a 20-minute drive from Penyon, New York, where is where I'm from. So that's why it was so, like, that program has been kind of close to me a little bit. Wasn't my favorite team uh, growing up. But you know, it was always fun to see him play, and always, it always being, it was always cool being that close to a D1 program like that. So it, obviously, some of you may disagree with my list. Um, some of you may agree. Some of you may have thought I missed one or two, and you know that's fine. Um, I'd love to hear some of your suggestions on what do you think is the greatest uh, college lacrosse dynasty, men's lacrosse dynasty of all time. Because I love sports history stuff like that, especially college. Now for the second part of the episode, this is a bit of a fun one, I, and you know me, I do like a good fun segment. Uh, for those who don't know me, listening to the show, I am a pretty big movie buff. I like I love movies, and when it comes, and no, I love nothing more than really sports movies. Like, remember the Titans, Rudy, all, Glory Road, all those movies? Now, the thing is, I bring this up because when it comes to the uh, lacrosse movies, I you could say the market is a little bare in a way. Now, we do have lacrosse movies. There are some movies out there. Uh, one, the one that always comes to mind and this one probably comes, I think, to a lot of others' mind as well, is the movie Crooked Arrows. And that's just because it's kind of like the, like, it's a standard sports movie, you know. You got the underdog team, 
that, you know, they start off bad, get good, and then, spoiler alert for those who haven't seen it, uh, you know, they eventually beat the bigger powerhouse school that's full with bullies, and they win the thing, and they win it, and they win the state championship. And it's, like I said, it's it's a standard sports movie. A little cliche, you know, with the underdog stuff and all that, but I, I truly do love that movie. And many other lacrosse players play 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 with too, because for the time it was really the only like dramatization lacrosse movie that we have. And with that said, there, like there have been other movies made and are getting planned to made that like are like you know had that standard dramatization. Another movie I found out only not too long ago uh, is called The Grizzlies. It came out in uh, 20, uh, 2018, and that's another dramatization one. And that was a pretty cool one. It's about um, a small town in the Arctic where and this new teacher uh, comes in and he knows the game of lacrosse and he basically teaches it to a group of Inuit students and they, you know, grow to love them, grow to love the teacher and love the game and all that kind of stuff. And it was interesting because from what I saw of it, I still got to watch the full thing. I've only seen bits and pieces um, of it. They, um, it definitely went away from the whole cliche thing like you know where they were underdogs and you know they eventually beat the big powerhouse school it was more about like truly finding love in the game and how it can make you a better person in life and teach you great lessons and all that kind of stuff of course there have been other movies that brief that mentioned lacrosse uh, i remember another dramatization type uh lacrosse movie was one was called the warrior's heart it actually came out a year before crooked arrows so it beat it out time wise and it's about this one player who lost his father and go, when going through lacrosse train like this training camp or like just like this lacrosse camp he uh he learns to about maturity and like becoming a man and all that kind of stuff so it's kind of like coming of age it a little bit um the reviews for the movie weren't that great um and you could have uh, said that about crooked arrows too the reviews for that aren't great either um definitely a little i would definitely say Crooked Arrows would be the better movie. And Crooked Arrows has a couple of people I recognize in it. Uh, one person you may know is Brandon Roth. He was in it. And uh, uh, Gil Bir- Birmingham, who has been in shows like uh, Yellowstone and a few other things. I just think that's a... I mean, it's it's a bit... Like I said, Crooked Arrows is a bit on the cliche side. And it's a little campy. But I truly do love that movie. And, of course... We also like for lacrosse movies. You could also you got you can't not mention uh, documentaries because there are quite a few documentary documentaries out there. Um, one one of the first ones I think of and that um, it's not even it's about lacrosse, but it isn't. I feel like is uh, thirty for thirty the thirty for thirty uh, fantastic lies, which is about the two thousand six Duke lacrosse team and the whole scandal behind that and like that involved them. And it's kind of it's in it. I it's kind of rough that like you know that the only like one of the mainstay sports documentaries you know thirty for thirty did a lacrosse one and it's not really about lacrosse it's about a scandal of like that involves like lacrosse players at one of the best lacrosse schools in the country so it it's a it's a bit it's bittersweet I don't know if this is the right word but it it sucks a little bit. Of course, would I like to see more lacrosse movies? Absolutely. Um, I, w- I would like documentaries, especially. I would like to see, like you know, 
there are quite a few of the history of the game itself, but I would still like to see, you know, the good old standard sports dramatization movie. On that note, though, there is a movie uh, believed to be coming out about the Morgan State Bears lacrosse team, and very little is known about the movie, but the team, um, the Morgan State Bears, uh, was the for a time was the only lacrosse team established to play at NCAA level lacrosse at a historically black uh, college institution, and that team defeated schools like Harvard, Notre Dame. They upset uh, number one ranked Washington and Lee uh, in uh, 1975, and this was a team like this is a true underdog story. You know the team. Obviously, he was the first one set up at a historically black college, and they didn't really have a lot of money working with them. They faced a lot of tough opponents. Uh, and I, now there there is um, uh, another college that uh, historically black college and university that has a lacrosse team now, and it is the uh, Hampton uh, Pirates of Hampton University in Hampton, Virginia. So yeah. And this team is really not well known, the Morgan State team, from, and that's a real shame because they have like a very interesting and incredible story. And everyone, I well, I obviously sports movies, the best ones usually are deal with underdogs. Like I, I mentioned, one of my favorite sports movies is Glory Road, and that one was dealing with an underdog team as well. So I think this movie would be great. Um, now, what kind of movie is it going to be? We're not sure yet, because like very, like I said, very little is known about it. For um, and the the talks about it being a move that that team getting a movie made about them is just short of rumors. Um, not like I said, no, we don't know what studio is making it and all that kind of stuff. Um, I like I said, I it could be a documentary, it could be a dramatization. I wouldn't mind either, um, you know, because. I, like I said, I like, I do like both. I think, and I think both would be good, uh, because then you can, for one, dramatization, you know, you get the bit of an entertainment factor there, but with the documentary, you would get the straight facts from the players, people involved in the team, and all that stuff. So I think it would be important to make both. But as I said, I love sports movies, so it's really just a shame that we don't have a ton of lacrosse movies. To that effect I do think I definitely think that uh, having more lacrosse movies could grow the game and I've stated before on past episodes just how important that is and people do love movies and if you bring out lacrosse movies they may be inclined to watch them and start watching actual games and of course that would just be great and on a quick side note to talking about lacrosse media in like media forms another thing I think we could really try to do and make a good one of is a lacrosse video game I think all my gamer sports gamer friends and just gamer friends in general out there could uh, could agree with that uh, we really don't have any lacrosse games at all we we have had the Casey Powell couple of games Casey Powell 16 and I believe they made an 18 one and I believe years ago there was an NCAA one but it just wasn't that good now I will I do appreciate the Casey Powell games because they they are they're they're okay um they're serviceable I do think they could be a little bit better of course with that it's the manufacturer like if you could get EA to do it or even 2k or you know just a pretty decent sized um, uh, game developer 
you could you could truly have something special and that I think could really bring people into lacrosse as well especially if it would be like super in depth with like making teams making your own player having a career mode all that kind of stuff and it looks like my time is up so until next time remember to keep your sticks high see ya